Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. It's just about over. That's what I heard the Lord say. There's some things you've been battling. Yeah. There's some things you've been going through. I heard the Lord say, this battle is just about over. If it fits you, give God a praise right now. If, it, if Just say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, come on. I sense it in my spirit. I, it's about over. There's some things you've been finding in the last season. God said, begin to expect resolve. Hallelujah. These are exciting days, y'all. I'm glad to be born again. I'm glad to be washed in the blood. I'm glad to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you what the devil doesn't want you to know. These are not the days for losing ground. These are the days for taking it. Who's ready to take territory with me in the next season? 25 years. Honey, I'm just getting started. Hallelujah. So... I want you to do me a favor just before I read God's Word. I want you to, if you have a social media or your Facebook, if you'd like to, just share from our page. Share it live because people watch us from around the world. But we can have another 100, 150 that would tune in just from you sharing. You do the same at home who are watching. I'm taking my text today from Joshua chapter 3. Now, I'm going to warn you, I have a word in my spirit. Anybody came to get some fresh bread today? Are you ready? You by live stream, thank you for being with us. The Bible said in verse 1, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before the crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out of your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. How many of you are ready to go where you've never been before? But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Don't go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Oh, you better get ready, somebody. Joshua said to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, watch this now, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Ormond Beach, of all of Daytona Beach, of all of Florida. Come on. So that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you. And he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Bill Collectorites, and the Jebusites. Hallelujah. See the ark of the covenant of the Lord 
God of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priest who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord God of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan was at flood stage. It was at its deepest point all during the harvest. Yet, as soon as the priest who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and, and their feet touched the water's edge, the waters from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the waters flowing down from the sea, the Arabah, the salt sea or the dead sea was completely cut off so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. Who's ready to stand firm? Come on church I said who's ready to stand firm? Uh, on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all of Israel, all of Israel, I'm saying your whole family, I'm saying your whole family, I'm saying if his last name is Rayleigh, it's going across with me. Hallelujah. All of Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Note the fifth verse. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. I want to talk to people of faith today for just a few minutes. I want to share a message entitled, Crossing Over into the Amazing. Is there anybody ready to step out of the humdrum, out of limitation, and you're ready to step into the amazing? Come on. I said, is there anybody here today or online that might have the faith to believe that your God is so awesome that he will take you out of the, out of the ordinary, out of the predictable, and lead you right into the supernatural where you can say, this has to be God. Oh, are you ready to cross over into the amazing? If you want to stay where you are, this may not be for you, but if you're wanting to see the supernatural, I'm here for you today. Who's ready for that? Come on. Slip up your hands, precious. Father, today here and by live stream around the world, we say by faith that we are crossing over into the amazing. Just as the children of Israel did, so shall we. We give your name praise and we love you. Hallelujah. If you love Jesus, give him a praise right now. If you love Jesus, give him a shout right now. If you're going to follow him the rest of your life, give him some glory right now. You can be seated, precious, crossing over into the amazing. Have you lived long enough where you've waited for something a very long time? Have you ever had to wait? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I don't love to wait. That's probably not my strong suit. Here these people are, the children of Israel, and they've been waiting on the promised land. They've been waiting, most of them, except for Joshua and Caleb, their entire life. This group of the Israelite had spent their whole lives in the desert. And here they are on this fateful day, and everybody in the camp is getting ready to step out of their desert and into their destiny. 
I don't know who I came for today. But there's some of you that's been in a desert season. But God is about to take you out of your desert and into your destiny. There is a land of milk and honey. There is a land of breakthrough. There is a new season. Can you imagine the excitement and the joy that must have been in the camp? Can you imagine as the people are there, they can sense that this 500-year-old promise is finally coming to pass. All that stood between them and their destiny, their promised land, was this river, this river Jordan. They could see the promise, but this river was in the way, and it was at flood stages. I want you to see them there. The, the Jordan is never deeper than it is at this time of the year. It's never wider than it was at this time of the year. They could see their promise. They could see Jericho. They could see the promised land. They could smell the city. They could see the smoke rising from the city from people's uh, f uh, fires. They could taste the spoils. They knew that they were so close. They were so close, but yet there was a major obstacle in front of them. They were so close, yet so far. Have you ever had times in your life where you feel like, Lord, I'm so close, but I still feel so far away. You can almost taste the breakthrough. You can almost feel it, but you see obstacles in front of you. I'm sure there were there there were folks in their own mind there those days and they wondered and they said, how am I going to get my whole family across? How are we going to get all these droves of people across? How are we going to get our possessions and our flocks and our herds? And you see, in order to achieve their destiny, they had to cross over something. They had to cross over the Jordan. And I'm sure that there were those who had seen God provide they had seen manna fall day in and day out. They had seen water come out of a rock. They had witnessed God provide and make a way. And, and they had witnessed him do the impossible. They had saw miracle signs and wonders. But yet in that moment, I'm sure that they wondered, God, God, you brought us this far. Will you carry us the rest of the way in? Can I find some real people in the room today? Have you ever been there? Have you looked back across your life and you know that your whole story is a testimony of the faithfulness of God? Have you seen him make a way I feel like preaching? Right out of nowhere, have you seen him unlock the thing that you thought was shut down? Have you seen him pick you up? Have you seen him provide? Have you seen him open doors? Have you seen him shift seasons? Have you seen him save children? Have you seen him heal bodies? Have you seen him move time and time again? And you sit here today as a living witness that God is able to do just what he says he can do. But Ooh, I only want the people that God has moved for to give him praise. Oh, I only want the people that have come through desert days and long nights and thirsty seasons. I, I only want to hear from you. Where are you at today? Are you in the room? Oh, but yet, here you are today, just like me. And I'm believing God for some big things. And here those people were. Can I talk to you this morning? 
They're there and they said, God, you brought us this far. Will you bring me the rest of the way in? And in life, you can feel like you're so close and you can say, God, I've seen you do so much, but will you tie this thing up? Will you bring me the rest of the way in? I've waited so long. God, will you come through? And here they are, y'all. They're on the edge of stepping into their destiny. And, And the waiting season is over, but there is an obstacle that's in the way, a huge obstacle. And here's what I came by to tell you today. Never be surprised when big obstacles precede great blessings. Sometimes the adversity that you're in in one season and the blockages that you're experiencing in one season is just a testimony of the level of breakthrough that you are about to have in the next season. Oh, hallelujah. It's almost always the case. The bigger the obstacle, the bigger the breakthrough. Hallelujah. How many of you feel like you are absolutely in line for some great breakthroughs in the next season? Come on. I'm going to tell you something that the devil wishes I would not tell you. I'm going to speak it into the atmosphere. And I want to tell you that even if you think your obstacles will stop you, if you trust God, they will not. God knows that the obstacles are actually opportunities for him to show off a little bit. So our obstacle is God's opportunity to stand up and say, you couldn't do it, so I did it for you. You couldn't shift it, so I shifted it for you. You couldn't deliver yourself, save yourself, sanctify yourself, or turn your situation around. So I reached into the dreads of your struggle, and I lifted you up beyond your capabilities, and I caused that obstacle to move. Oh, I need to tell somebody here today, God is about to show off in your life. Every obstacle that manifests against you is God's opportunity for him to show off in your life. I need you to tell everybody in your neighborhood, God's about to show off in my life. Yeah, when he saves my daughter, he's about to show off in my life. When he delivers my son, he's about to show off in my life. God is about to show off in Ormond Beach. God is about to show off in your life. Oh, there's an obstacle there, but it can't stop the plan of God. I don't care how big it is, it can't stop the plan of God. Somebody give the Lord a praise in here right now. Our obstacles, to be shy, I feel the anointing, are God's opportunities. Now, don't miss this. God will move the mountain. He'll open the door. He'll heal the body. He'll bring new life. But now, let's set aside the salad. And let's move to the main course. Who's ready to get down to some serious eating in the spirit? Picture the the scene. The officers are there and they're instructed to go through the camp. And they were to give detailed and precise orders to the people. They were to follow after the Ark of the Covenant. This is very important, precious, and is not to be missed Because this Ark of the Covenant was Israel's most sacred possession. 
It was Israel's most holiest treasure. It was this ark in the Holy of Holies where the presence of God manifested. So in essence, when they saw the ark, they saw the presence of God. And this is awesome. Their leaders instructed them to follow after God's presence. He said, they said, go after the ark, pursue God's presence. And I want to tell you something today, precious. Your victory will only be found in so much as you're willing to pursue the presence of God. We've got to go after the presence of God. This is absolute key to these people possessing their promise. They would not possess it without the presence of God. And I want to tell you today, if we're going to know the fullness of victory in this season in our churches and in our families, we have to be committed to pursuing the presence of God. If we're going to know breakthrough, our praise can't be cute and our worship can't be shallow. We must come to a place where we pursue the presence of God. I want every churchman to hear me. I want every young preacher to hear me. I want everybody in this room to hear me now. I've lived long enough and I've pastored this house long enough to tell you that there is no substitute for God's presence. I don't care how articulate you are, how gifted you are. I don't care how educated you are. There is no substitute for the manifested presence of God. A building will not suffice. I don't care how nice the building is. The lights will not suffice. I don't care how advanced the lights are, how wonderful the music is, how great the programs are. Your status will not get it done. Your social media following will not get it done. But when you get a power in the room from a another world. That's when things begin to shift. That's when cities turn around. That's when schools break in right out in revival. That's when cancer dries up. That's when confusion lifts. That's when suicide runs out of the building because in the presence of Jehovah, anything is possible. Can I preach? He said, they said, when you see the glory move, when you see the presence move, he said, I want you to pursue it. And here's what I want you to understand. It was true thousands of years ago, and it's true today. We will only pursue what we're passionate about. If you want to know what you're passionate about, no need to take a personality test. If you want to know what you're passionate about, that there's no need to have a professional consultation. If you really want to know the surefire way to discover your passion, evaluate your pursuit. Preach Jim Rayleigh. Come on. If, if your passion is women, you in pursuit of women. If it's men, you're in pursuit of men. It's quiet in here. If it's food, you're in pursuit of food. If it's money, you're in pursuit of money. If it's applause, you're in pursuit of applause because, because the, re the reality is that you only pursue what you're passionate about. And the reason some people don't have a deeper relationship with God is because they refuse to pursue him. I'm going to keep preaching. I said they refuse to pursue him when he loves to be pursued. 
He said, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me, pursue me with your whole heart. See, the absence is pursuit of pursuit is one of the things that keeps people from their breakthrough. But an absence of pursuit signifies an absence of passion. Don't tell me you're passionate about God and you don't want to pray. Don't tell me you're passionate about God and you never feel like you need to worship. Don't tell me I'm passionate about God, but you have no desire for his house. Well, I quit coming to church because I wasn't getting fed. Well, you wasn't showing up when the meal was cooked. You can't blank. Come on, somebody. I am preaching better than you're letting on. God wants to be pursued. Remember, that, that, that's what worship and praise is. Before you get offended by somebody's clap and been out of shape by somebody's shout and upset by somebody's tears, you need to probably understand that this is just their pursuit of his presence. Don't get it bent or confused. When we come into this house and maybe it gets noisy or it gets quiet, Come on now. When we come into this house and people clap and they cry, it is their pursuit. Real praise has nothing to do with people or performance and everything to do with passion and pursuit. I act the way I act in the presence of the Lord because I am after a deeper revelation of who he is. I will weep, I will cry, I will kneel, and I will tell you I will do it because I need him every day in my life. And a house of miracles is gonna be a house of worshipers where we pursue the presence of God. So I have come to let every devil know in this community, I've come to let every principality know over this region that there is a house that is unsatisfied to exist. We are going after the presence of God. We are worshipers and praisers. Let me hear from those who want to get in pursuit with me. Excuse me if I step on your toe. Excuse me if I trip over your purse. Excuse me if I cry a little bit. But you got to understand that I need a breakthrough that I can't have outside the presence of the Lord. I'm in pursuit. Uh. These people understood that in Joshua 3. They understood the priority of presence. They understood the priority of pursuit. Is there anybody here today who's convinced that God's presence is the absolute doorway to your destiny? If that's you, give him a praise right now. Here is where this thing goes to another level. The text said in the NIV that you shall move out of your positions and follow it. Now, here's what positions infer to me. Positions represent comfort zones. He said you're going to have to move out of your comfort zone if you're going to experience the power of the throne zone. The throne zone is where miracles take place. He said, you got to move out of your comfort zone. See, some of y'all, I'm just going to challenge you a little bit. During praise and worship, you say, well, you know what? You know what? I'll stand, but I'll never clap. 
I'll clap, but I'll never jump. I'll, I'll jump, but I'll never dance. I'll dance, but I'll never run. I'm just going to. But the reality is when you really understand that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people, <laughs> hey, 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 you'll find, you. well, you know what? I'll shout, but I won't dance. I'll dance, but I won't clap. But the Bible will say, Pastor, should I clap? Should I shout? Should I cry? Should I kneel? What should I do? You need to do it all. Hallelujah. You need to with that. You need to abandon everything and say, God, I just want you. How many of you ready to get out of your comfort zone in this season? He said, what's this now? The King James Version says, you shall remove from your place and go after it. Tell your neighbor, go after it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't come just to hang out with you today. I came to go after it. Somebody needs to get out of your comfort zone and, and let God lead you fresh and go after it. These are the days not to be paralyzed. These are the days not to be confused. These are the days not to be bound up. These are the days to go after it. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, go after it. <laughs> That means we're not going to just survive. We're going to thrive. We're going to go after it. But whatever you do, make sure you're going after the right thing. The Bible says, then you will know, verse 4, which way to go since you have never been this way before. There are some people, you're just like me. You're ready to go where you have never been before. I've been where I've been. I've seen what I've seen. I've done what I've done. But let me tell you, I am shaking off the, the bondage of the past to say that's all that there is. I believe after 25 years that Calvary is getting ready to go where we've never been before. See what we've never seen before. Is there anybody? That's a candidate for a new season, a new place, a new opportunity. Somebody give God a praise if you're ready to go. Tell everybody around you I'm ready to go. Not, not ready to go, ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to march into hell's kitchen and take back what the devil stole from me. I'm ready to go into revival. I'm ready to go into breakthrough. I'm ready to go into a new, I'm ready to go. And I'll tell you this, baby, I'll go if I got to go by myself. But I'm not staying in a season where God is calling me to another level. Everybody can't go with you, but go anyway. But make sure God is leading. Because people get into trouble when they try to go where they've never been without his leading. You, you follow the presence, uh-huh. Because you've never been this way before. And I'm telling you, I want to be led by the presence of the Lord. Hear me in this place. When you pursue God's presence, you ready for this? You're pursuing his plan. Direction is found in his presence. If you want to know what to do, get in pursuit of his presence. That doesn't mean everybody has to act the same way. 
I know there's some people that praise and worship more radically than others. But in your heart, begin to pursue the presence of God. Now watch this. Joshua 3, 5, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Can I just speak a word of faith? Tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. In the next season, a day is a season. In the Bible, it is defined as a season. I'm saying by faith that in the next season, your tomorrow, that God is going to do amazing things. If you believe it, give him a praise right now. Yeah. But, but here's what he said. He said, consecrate yourself. You don't save yourself. You don't deliver yourself. You don't, you don't feel yourself. But you do consecrate yourself. Because consecrate means to reserve, to be prepared, to be set apart. It's amazing to me how this generation wants the blessing of the Lord, but they don't want consecration. Oh, preach. They think they can live like hell and experience heaven. I, I'm just going to stay here a minute. I know somebody's all drawn up right now, but just give me a minute. We, we've lost the need for consecration, but we've got to consecrate ourselves. How do we do that? We spend time with the Lord. We make his agenda our priority. We must prepare ourselves. Consecration, understand this. We must We must. Actively pursue a consecrated life. Now understand this. We can never earn the blessing of God. Even when we consecrate and separate ourselves, we can't earn the blessing of God. So because we're incapable, nothing about us causes us to be born again. So watch this. When we consecrate ourselves, here's what happens. It happens. Consecration does not make us worthy for the amazing. It makes us ready for the amazing. I wonder if there's anybody here who wants to get ready for the amazing. Tell everybody around you, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for what? He said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's what the text said. It said the Lord will do amazing things among you. Here is the word. Here's what I want you to do. Prepare today for an amazing tomorrow. Uh, who am I talking to? I'm getting myself ready right now for an amazing tomorrow. God will not give you what you are not ready for, but once you get ready, is there anybody ready? Ready? Is there anybody that can say, if I'm not ready, Lord, make me ready? Anybody ready to get ready, 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 ready? Are you ready? Who's ready for breakthrough? Who's, who's ready for revival? Who's ready to see your family saved? Who's ready to see? I want all. Anybody ready over here? Anybody ready in the overflow? Anybody? I dare you right now, if you're ready over here, give God a praise. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The NIV said he'll do amazing things. The King James Version says he will do wonders. Somebody say wonders. 
you take the word wonders and you define wonders, and wonders means this. It literally means distinguishable miracles, signs. It means things that you know God did it, something out of the ordinary. I don't know who I'm talking to. There are some of you that need God to move in such a way that when it manifests, everybody's going to know that he did it. God's about to move in somebody's life in this room. God's about to move in somebody's life online. And when this thing manifests, everybody's going to know that God did it. Y'all, I got to find a way to, 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 to get toward the end of this message, but I need somebody who needs the Lord to move in such a way that it doesn't look good right now. But you know when that thing shifts, you'll have to say, look at God. God saved him. God delivered her. God made a way. God shifted the thing. God turned it around. Prepare yourself right now. God is about to do wonders in your life. Give him a praise. Come on, I speak wonders over your family. I speak wonders over your children. I speak wonders over this house. I speak wonders, distinguishable miracles where God gets the glory. Wonders. Somebody say wonders. <gasps> now watch. When the wonders begin to manifest, don't you strut. When the wonders begin to manifest, don't you act like you all that. I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to your neighbor. Just look at your neighbor and say, yeah. Can you handle this? Watch this. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so they will know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Just plain talk. You know what the Lord is saying here? The Lord declares, I'm about to exalt you but everybody's going to know it's me. I'm about to bless you, but everybody's going to know it's me. I'm about to heal you, but everybody's going to know it's me. I'm about to do miracles of provision. I'm about to rebuke poverty off of your life. And everybody, you're going you to get the blessing, but God's going to get the glory. <laughs> Tell everybody on your row, say, neighbor, say, when God blesses you, you get the blessing, but God gets the glory. Hey, hey, I need somebody who's ready for a blessing to give God a crazy praise right now. If you're ready for a breakthrough, give God a crazy praise right now. I'll get the blessing, but you'll get the glory. I'll get the breakthrough, but you'll get the glory. Give the Lord a shout of praise. When God blesses you, you get the blessing and he gets the glory. Are you okay with that? How many of you comfortable with that? Many people walk in a lack of miracles because they fail to give God the glory. 
but not me in Jesus' name. No, sir. I'm going to give him all the glory for every breakthrough, for every mountain you brought me over, for every trial you've seen me through, for every blessing. Hallelujah. For this, I'll give you praise. Come on, that's an old choir song. But how many of you going to give the Lord praise for every mountain he brings you over? Everything in this miraculous story hinges on the presence of God. Now watch this, verse 13. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Mm. That thing that was going to cover you and kill you and consume you. Come on. God said, step out in faith and watch what I do. Now the Jordan was at flood stage all during the harvest, verse 15. Yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the water flowing down from the Dead Sea, the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off so the people cross over opposite Jericho. Now this is where it gets mind blowing. The promise is declared in verse 13 and to me the water, the flood represents attacks and problems. But the Bible said when you step out in faith Everything that should cover you and kill you and cancel out your purpose is going to stand up in a heap. Is there anybody ready to see the attacks of the enemy stand up in a heap? The agenda of hell over your children stand up in a heap. The Bible says that the Jordan was in flood stages. It's the time when the Jordan was at its deepest and at its widest. This was a big deal. But God made sure that when they stepped on dry land, that everybody, including them, would know that it was the Lord. And I'm telling you, it was deep and it was wide. But I stopped by to tell you today that it doesn't matter how wide or deep your problems are. God is able. It doesn't matter how wide or deep the delight feel the Holy Ghost in here. The dilemma is God is able. It said as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a heap. They stepped out and maybe when they just put their foot out there, the water started backing up and piled up in the heap. At some point, if you're going to experience miracles, you got to step out. Tell your neighbor, I'm stepping out. Yeah, you can stay in doubt, but I'm stepping out. You can do without, but I'm stepping out. And baby, when you step out, that's when God shows up. You, if you want breakthroughs, you got to stop playing it safe. Let me tell you, I haven't done everything right. I haven't been the perfect leader of this house. But one thing I have done, and you know it if you've been here a long time, I have led you to move in faith. We have stepped out time and time again. And every time we stepped out under the unction of the Holy Ghost, we saw miracles, signs, wonders, and breakthroughs. The Bible said that as they stepped out, that the water piled up in heaps. Uh, 
That means that the thing that should have covered them, the thing that should have drowned them, the thing that should have canceled their purpose and destroyed their destiny, it piled up in heaps and it never got to them. Now I can praise the Lord over all the good things that he's done in my life that I know he brought me out of. But let me tell you one of the main reasons I praise him is because of the stuff that he never let get to me. Uh, There were some agendas of hell. There were some attacks of the enemy. But I was a worshiper. And because I was a worshiper, God said, I'm going to take care of people that pursue my presence. See, you can sit out there today and act like you made it on your own and through your own volition, but there's some of y'all in this house that knows if the devil would have had his way, you wouldn't be here today. So here's what I'm asking you to do. I need somebody to take a minute and give him praise for what never got to you. It would have covered me up. It would have canceled my purpose. It would have defeated my tomorrow. But just in the nick of time, it had to pile up. It stacked up. So I need to give God glory. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, hey neighbor, why don't you praise God for what never got to you? One, two, three, do it now. That attack piled up. That addiction piled up. That bondage piled up. That brokenness piled up. The devil would have drowned in you, but no, you worship. Oh, you gave him glory. You gave him praise, and he took care of it. Oh, my, I feel Holy Ghost breakthrough in the house today. It said it it piled up in a city called Adam. Adam means, if you define it, it means mankind, it means people. Here's what I need to tell you. God's about to deliver you from folks. I said God's about to deliver you from people. I dare somebody right now who believes that God is fighting for you and the attacks of the enemy will not overcome you. Give the Lord some praise right now. I'm going to say that the agenda of hell is being defeated in your life and the agenda of hell is being being defeated in this community. Somebody give God praise that the agenda of man will not overcome the plan of God. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor, here's the word. The agenda of man will not overcome the plan of God. If you believe it, give the Lord a praise. God's about to deliver us from crazy folk. Their attacks are going to pile up. Will you say, what's the key, apostle? Just worship him. Just worship him. He said he's going to pile this thing up 
all the way to Zarathan. The word Zarathan means to pierce or to puncture. The thing that should pierce you and puncture you and stop you. God said, I'm going to pile it up. And no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And you'll move in faith. Since you've never been this way before, Job said he knows the way that I take. <laughs> I need to tell you, you're going to make it. Yeah. Hallelujah. I said you're going to make it. He hadn't brought you this far to leave you. He didn't teach you to swim to let you drown, baby. You are going to make it. He didn't build his home in you to move away. You're going to make it. Ah. Well, so-and-so didn't make it. So-and-so, you know why? Because they stopped worshiping. They stopped believing. Here's what I declare over you. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. My family's going to make it. Look at somebody in face say, my daughter's going to make it. My son's going to make it. I won't be brought down by the attack of Adam, by man, or Zarephim, the puncturing, the attacking, the wounding of the enemy. And then he said that... You won't flow down to Araba. Araba is the Dead Sea. What should have killed you? God said it ain't going to kill you. I'm not, I shall not die, but live. And declare, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. Just in, just in time, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. It should have got me, but it didn't. It should have killed me, but it didn't. Come on and praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Give the Lord a shout. Jump on your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. Oh, I need to finish, but I need you to tell everybody in your neighborhood, say this praise. Holler at him, say this praise is for what never got to me. One, two, three. 
Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can visit calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.